0: Unplaced Chapter 8. Vindication. A quick note, this episode has a few things that might be upsetting to some listeners. There are detailed content warnings at the end of the episode description.
1: I think it's showtime, y'all. I've been up for almost a day straight. Oh, I hope I'm not forgetting anything. I just... Couldn't sleep. I was afraid if I went to sleep. I don't know what I was afraid of—that that I would lose my nerve or that I'd have more nightmares about that woman, about not being able to help her. At any rate, as soon as I finished doing my research, I went out and got supplies. I had to go all over town. I tell you, it's harder finding iron nails than you'd think. <laughs> Apparently, there's some kind of a market for artisanal blacksmithery, so I did find some eventually. After all the research, my supply list wasn't that long. Two or three things, really. I i think it's more of a matter of, well, just, just hoping it'll work than anything else. If it doesn't, I don't know what I'll do. I... I don't know if I'll be able to get away, but but I also don't think that I'll wind up a suicidal husk like that other woman. I I could be wrong, but but I think if they wanted to do that to me or or, or could do that to me, that that probably would have been their game plan from day one. When I sucker punched that thing with my hematite knuckles, I I feel like that that would have been it for me, if, if sucking me dry was an option. Granted, Given the burns still covering my hand, I'm, I'm not sure what the alternative is, but at least it'll probably be quicker than that. If this is gonna be it for me, then it's gonna be it. And I'm not really fine with that, but it, it's better than continuing to exist like this. Not not knowing what's going on, not knowing how long it'll last, just, just having to watch these things eat people from the inside out and being the only one that knows what's happening, I can't do that! Enough of that talk, though. Like I said, I've got my supplies, and I'm setting them up as we speak. I'm on the edge of a park close to downtown. It's it's not a huge park by any means, but I needed a tree, and this was the best way to have one near a populated area. I I need to be able to make it back here quickly once I find someone with a leash, after all. The trap itself, it's not that hard to set. I did have to do a whole lot of doodling on my art, which is not where I expected this journey to take me. Also, the blood was a little difficult. Getting more than a drop or two of blood without seriously injuring yourself is a lot harder than they make it look in the (sighs) movies. If only I'd listened to my mom and gone to nursing school. Anyways, I think that's it. The trap is set, and obviously I'm the bait. Now it's time to find the prey. It's funny. The stuff that comes to you when you're sleep-deprived, and possibly on a suicide mission. I remembered this story. I had completely forgotten it until something reminded me of it earlier. From when I was young... Probably like eleven or twelve. In that awkward early middle school, just hitting puberty stage of life. That that spot where you'll feel like you don't really know what's going on with you or or with anyone else, or but you have this sneaking suspicion that everybody else knows, and they're never gonna let you in on the secret. There was this girl that was my friend. We weren't close, but we hung out sometimes. She, she wasn't super popular, but she wasn't unpopular either. Our lockers were right by each other, though. So we said hi on a regular basis. I had to make a pit stop at my locker between classes, and she was standing there, but something was off. There were three or four girls standing around her, blocking her in. I, I didn't like the way they were looking at her. I knew that at least one of the girls wasn't very nice. As I walked up, I heard the conversation. They were making fun of her for the holes in her jeans. This girl, Leanne, her family didn't have a ton of money, and these other girls had decided to remind her of that. I tried to ignore the conversation for a minute. I I didn't want to get into a whole thing, and I wasn't super close with her, like I said. Also, I had books to get and a class to go to, but but after a minute or two of, seriously, how old are those jeans and tittering I couldn't hold back anymore. "'Weren't you wearing jeans with huge holes in them the other day, Emily?' I said, poking my face around my locker. <laughs> she turned to look at me. "'Yeah, but those were Hollister jeans, okay? That's different from Miss Head-to-toe Goodwill over here.' So, it's cool to spend tons of money on jeans that are already missing half their fabric, but it's not okay to spend $10 on the same pair? Emily scrunched her nose up, and clearly having not thought this through. Well, when was the last time you saw her wearing anything other than store brand? She said, jerking her thumb at Leanne, who was standing with her back against the lockers, silent and staring at the floor. You know when you buy something with a huge logo on the front, you're paying the brand to advertise for them, right? That doesn't make any sense to me, but as my mom always said, money can buy you everything except for common sense. I shrubbed and turned back around to my locker to finish getting my books, and behind me, Emily, the mean ringleader, kind of stuttered. It was pretty obvious that she hadn't been expecting a response at all. Trying to save face, she muttered, "'Whatever!' and turned around to stomp off with her friends following her. I was so proud. I had gotten rid of a bully with logic. I didn't have to fight or even raise my voice, but... When I looked at Leanne, the pride evaporated. Her face was bright red, and she looked ragingly pissed off. She took a step towards me, getting uncomfortably close... ...and said loud enough for everyone around to hear me... ...stay out of my business. I don't need your help, you fucking dyke. I... I didn't know what that word meant then, but... ...I knew it was something bad and dirty from the way she said it. My face went hot, and I got that prickling sensation in my eyes. The one you can get when you can feel the tears coming, but you're trying hard to fight them off. I barely made it to the bathroom before I burst into tears and when I got to my next class, it was obvious that I'd been crying. I got to hear about that later, of course, from the mean girl and her friends, along with some other choice insults. A little birdie must have told them what it was that made me run to the bathroom crying. Okay. I'm here, I think convenient stairs around this time, but I have a decent vantage spot from this bench. I'm not that far from the park, either. Now I just have to wait however long it takes to find a person with a hitchhiker, and then build it into chasing me, I guess. I told the story to my mom later that day, after I got home from school. I just wanted to know why, you know? I was so upset because all I wanted was to do and say the right thing. I wanted to help. And I thought that was what I had been doing, but maybe I didn't know what doing the right thing meant, or maybe I did it wrong. I told her all of this, and she hugged me. And she said, Rashida, you didn't do anything wrong. Sometimes the world's just a cruel place, and, and when it's like that, when, when people are like that, the best thing we can do is try and help, and try and do what's right, the best we know how, and that's what you did. I'm proud of you. And then she kissed me on the head, and told me to go work on my homework, at, and I did. I haven't thought of that story in years. It's funny, the stuff we do when we're kids, before the world makes us forget who we can be. I hope she's proud of me now. It's probably 5 in the morning now? 5.30? 5.30 exactly. The sun isn't up yet. Sunrise should be at 6.02. 6.02. Can you imagine what people 200 years ago would say if you told them that we'd be able to carry around tiny devices in our pockets that could tell us exactly what time the sun would rise and set? The early morning commute crowd is starting to come out. My thinking was that someone here will have to be... Yep, I see one. He's across the road and half a block down. Definitely showtime now. The only thing I need is more blood. Because, of course, that's what it takes. After all, why would we want to make this easy on me? I'm a few feet behind him now with a bloody hand. I'll tell you what's going on as it happens. I set it up on my phone so that if I don't edit and upload these files within a few days, they'll be automatically uploaded and published anyways. Someone will know what happened, assuming people can even find and listen to this, and and they'll be able to fight these guys in the future. So I gotta keep talking, keep telling you what's going on for the good of science and humanity or- or something. I'm right behind him. I'm going to see if I can flitch some blood at the- yeah, that's not its attention. It's, it's rearing up. I, I have to make it follow me. Come here, come here, come here you awful. Okay, that worked. It's in pursuit, it's, it's following the blood I'm dripping on the sidewalk. I just, I have to make it back to the park. Damn, these suckers can move. get up. You can do this. Okay. I beat it to the tree, just just barely. Now for more blood, I I have to trick it. Ah! Fuck. Okay, it followed me. It's 15 or, or 20 feet away. I was worried it would lose interest and go back to its host, but I guess fresh blood... These things must track by smell. I I don't think it can hear me, at any rate. I'm I'm hiding behind the tree, and, and I set the trap. So I did all that reading on spirit bindings, right? You fill a blue bottle with something to throw it off your scent, like hair and blood, and, and iron nails, I think, to damage it. I don't know if it'll work, it's, it's still following the blood trail. It's moving a little slower. Maybe because the blood isn't as fresh? It's... It's checking out the bottle. It's... Yes, it's going inside! I think... It's it's hard to tell. I think that it did... It, it went in the bottle, but... It started to come back out, but I think it's... I think it's really trapped now. After doing all that reading, I remembered I'd seen some really cheesy home decor made with iron horseshoes, which apparently has magical origins. When I was looking for the other supplies, I hit up every trashy shop in town until I found one. I just dropped an iron circle of horseshoes on it. It was starting to climb out of the bottle, but I think that extra iron did it. It drove it back inside the bottle and... <laughs> that bitch is court. Take that, you slimy asshole! Okay, it's still fighting, but I think it's in there for good. Now for the bad macrame. A bottle holder made with twine without any knots in it. That might not have been necessary, but it seemed like a good extra step. Better safe than sorry, right? And now, we hang it on a tree and wait for sunrise. It shouldn't be long. That wasn't... Okay, I don't want to say that wasn't so bad, but, but once I knew how to do it... It wasn't as bad as I thought it would be, except that I didn't know for sure whether it would work, and I thought I might wind up, uh, well, being evil leech food. I'm definitely a little worse for wear. My hand that was finally healing from the burns has cuts all over it for the stupid blood sacrifice decoy. I banged up my other hand pretty good in that fall, and I've got some bruises, but... I'm alive. I I didn't I honestly didn't know if I was needed to see the sunrise. Speaking of, here it comes. The sun is coming up. I I can see it peeking over the horizon. It's hitting the bottle. Well, that definitely worked. The bottle is empty now, completely empty. No blood, no iron, no hair, no monster, in fact it looks good as new. I'll be taking this with me. My lucky spirit trap. And now, aside from killing as many of these things as I can, I'm going to get some answers. I'm going to find her. The one who could see me. I'll let you know how that goes.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the first season of Unplaced. This was a really personal project for me and your support and the kind words that you've sent via Twitter and through reviews has really been a bomb during the end of a very rough year, as I'm sure it was also a rough year for a lot of you. I really hope you liked it. I'd also like to say a very large thank you to the super talented people that have helped me bring it to life, namely Cole and Brendan, but also the people who reviewed it, um, who reviewed the script and gave me feedback and just everyone who has been supportive during this whole process. There will be a second season of Unplaced, but as of right now, I'm not 100% for sure when it's going to be released. I'd like to start the release of season two in March or April, but I'm not sure how realistic that is, given that I'm a full-time freelance writer and also writing a novel and also have other podcast projects. If you want to be the first to know when we have a hard release date for season two, the best way to do that is by finding us around the web at Unplaced Podcast on Tumblr, Twitter, and Instagram, or at unplacedpodcast.com. There's also a Patreon at patreon.com slash studios with Shell being spelled C-H-E-L-L-E. The link is also in the description where I'll be posting sneak peeks of Unplaced and all of the other projects that I'm working on. Within the next couple weeks, we'll be doing a cast and crew uh, question and answer episode. So if you have any questions that you'd like to see answered by me, Cole or Brendan, feel free to reach out via one of those social networks uh, or send me an email at michelle at In the meantime, if you need something to tide you over until season two hits, I've just launched another podcast. It's very different in tone from this one, but if an actual play podcast following a gang of freelance criminals as they get up to all kinds of shenanigans set in an alternate 1920s diesel punk metropolis with a magical underworld sounds like something you'd be interested in, you can download the first episode of Serendipity City and some bonus world building content if you're into that sort of thing wherever you like to get your podcasts. As always, our wonderful narrator has been Cole Burkhart. You can find them on Twitter at King Cole Minor or on their actual play podcast, Blue Dawn. The writer and creator is me, Michelle Nicolaiason. You can find me on Twitter at underscore shellshock and find a run on my other projects at michelnicolaiason.com. The audio editing, sound design, and music has been by the super talented Brendan Hutchins from Podcast Advocate. You can find him on Twitter at Podcast Advocate or at PodcastAdvocate.network. And now that the season is complete, the soundtrack for Unplaced is now available for pay what you can at PodcastAdvocateNetwork.Bandcamp.com. Thanks again for listening and for all the support you've given us. We'll see you soon. The sun is setting on another day in Serendipity City. Smoke from the metalworking factories hangs thick in the air. High above, in the skyscraper-pierced smog, other beings move about the clouds, unbeknownst to the people below, who are just going about their daily lives. On the ground, noisy automobiles careen around the streets as people bustle by on the sidewalks. Barges traverse the massive river that divides the city on their way to or from the docks in the warehouse district. Underneath the pavement and in an interlaced network of caves, creatures and people move in the darkness. Some of them are metal, some are spirit, some are flesh, and some are a combination of all three. And above that, in the magical slums, the crew of freelance criminals that you're all a part of is in your base of operations, the secret backroom of a speakeasy, which is itself hidden behind a rundown watchmaker's shop. The bartender on duty wraps on the sliding panel that conceals the back room, then opens it and sticks her head in. Hey, she says, there's someone here to see you. Say they've got a gig. Something about a missing person. I'm Michelle Nikolaisen, and I'll be your dungeon master.
1: I am Nick Moe, and I will be the hunter. I am Diego Hernandez, and I'm the tainted.
0: I'm Gloria Walker, and I'm a witch. Or a wizard, but I'm a lady, so a witch. <laughs> <laughs> I am Jennifer Alexander, and I will be the oracle. I'm Evan Mona, and I will be Charlie Chappelle. Arthur C. Clarke said, you know, magic, blah, wait, no, technology to a meh looks like magic. That's what's happening. It's really funny to me that at one table we're like, you know, like being closeted in the Bible belt, and another table it's like, yeah, you know, like cocaine. True. yeah so maybe that's maybe like you came to her for search in search of answers and um like even though you were skeptical about it and Whoa. my mom always calls the most inconvenient time. <laughs> <laughs> an actual play podcast coming in january 2018 make sure to subscribe now so that you don't miss out